2023, episode 18, should you upgrade to FL Studio 21 as well as Windows 11? We're going to talk about that a little bit in this episode as well as a little update to again where I have been. The website is being totally revamped. So again, if you are a member, be on the lookout for that. I'm really excited. The website is much faster. Another thing is the M Audio Oxygen Pro MIDI keyboard. Because people have been upgrading to FL Studio 21, there seems to be a bug regarding the transport buttons. So I will look into that when I actually upgrade to FL Studio 21, because again, that's what this episode is about. Should you upgrade to FL Studio 21? Again, this is just my own opinion and my perspective is gonna be different than yours because I do FL Studio training where I'm teaching people how to make beats and I need to make sure that my software is as stable as possible with no bugs through the training. So when I do upgrade to FL Studio 21, where there is actually FL Studio 21.1, there's a beta right now, so you can go test that out on the forums. I'm always looking here in the background regarding the change log of software, kind of seeing what's going on. Another thing too with FL Studio 21 is there has been a lot of updates to MIDI scripting. So I've been kind of holding off myself and I'll talk about that in just a moment. And uh, the last thing I just want to quickly say is I do want to be doing a new M Audio Oxygen Pro review. Again, the M Audio Oxygen Pro is a MIDI keyboard that I recommend for students of my platform. I like the quality of it for the price that you're paying compared to other competitors of MIDI keyboards. Again, for a MIDI keyboard, I always like a 49 key. A lot of people like the 61 key, but again, you're paying more money. It's way bigger. And the thing is, for me as a beat maker, I like to have my audio interface right beside my MIDI keyboard to give you that really fast workflow where you can play your keys, you can use your transport buttons to play and stop. Then you can turn up and down your volume of either your headphones or your speakers and everything is right at my fingers. I don't have to reach anywhere. And so that's why I like a 49 key because again, we have our octaves, you can go up and down where you need. And if you really know how to play the piano, you will notice that you're really not playing much higher or lower than in 49 key range most of the time. And as a beat maker, usually your first one or two melodies, you're only playing with two hands. And then most of the time, you're actually only playing your melodies with one hand. All right, so before we get into this episode, if you guys would like to stay updated with the website, you guys can visit me over at itsgratuitous.com. I run a beat making training platform where there's over 33 beat making courses. The most recent one was Sound Selection and Beats. That one went over pretty well with you guys. Tons and tons of secrets about how to select your sounds. Uh, the one before that, um, or actually no, no, um, the newest one is how to make drum loops for beginners. So that one is released. And then before that was again, the sound selection and beats course. And then before that was online music distribution course, teaching you how to actually release your music onto Spotify, iTunes, or, you know, Apple music, all those streaming platforms. And I walk you through step-by-step, step. you know, I've been releasing my music professionally for many, many years on these platforms. That was beat tapes by gratuitous volume 10. So if you are new around here, I release beat tapes. They're really, really good to practice. So you learn about mixing, mastering, arrangement. You have to make the beat and you are essentially putting together an album, which is kind of becoming a lost art in this music production world of actually putting together a real album, right? A lot of people are just releasing singles. And so I put together these beat tapes. They are pretty fun because a lot of practice goes into them. I always put on the earbuds, I'll go for a bike ride or something, and I'll just listen to 
this beat tape, making sure that the levels are all even before I actually officially launch it. And then again, the online music distribution course teaches you how to actually get it ready and put it out there for the world. So again, just visit itsgratuitous.com. That is the website. It is a dedicated platform to teach you beat making at a professional level with over 33 beat making courses, which are focused on FL Studio. So should you upgrade to FL Studio 21? So I'm not going to say yes or no. This is up to you. But if you do upgrade to FL Studio 21, you are going to get the newest and latest features. Again, always make sure to go onto their forum and report any bugs because ImageLine, the makers of FL Studio, are always really responsive. They really want the best for their customers. Um, okay. So for myself, I have not upgraded to FL Studio 21, and that is just because I always need to have FL Studio being as stable as possible. I have had a really, really good experience on the last version of FL Studio 20, which I think is FL Studio 20.9.2. And the reason I am staying on that is number one, my MIDI keyboard is working really good because on the ImageLine forum, I just have a thread there about the free M-Audio Oxygen Pro MIDI script. And some people have been saying that the transport buttons are not working very well with FL Studio 21. But again, I have not upgraded to FL Studio 21, so I'm not able to test that out for you at the moment. And again, I'm just going through this website revamp. That's priority for me right now. But once uh, the website revamp is done, also with FL Studio 21.1, releasing soon because they have a beta that you can test. I'll also look towards upgrading then uh, because I want to take advantage of the newest features. Uh, but again, you'll see on YouTube, people always want to you know, get what's newest and that's kind of like what gets the clicks, right? What, what kind of gets popular. But for me, I just like to always teach you guys best practices and I need to make sure that my setup is running really, really good. The MIDI scripting for FL Studio 21, they keep changing and updating it, which is really good. And I'm actually glad I kind of held off a little bit so that it can kind of mature a little bit, that they can modify whatever they need to modify. And then when I upgrade here, I will be able to hopefully get this Oxygen Pro working just as good as I have it now. Because uh, for those of you that don't know, there's the free MIDI script, but then I have the template for the Oxygen Pro and it's on version two. And it allows you to get a really cool workflow off of the drum pads in FL Studio. We are able to open up uh, virtual instruments. We're able to change presets from the actual MIDI keyboard. We're able to go to the mixer, go to different inserts, open up the plugins off of the actual uh, mixer from the MIDI keyboard. And this is like the hands-on workflow I've always wanted in FL Studio. And now that I actually had time since I got the Oxygen Pro to kind of figure this out, I've gotten it to a point where it's actually really, really fun for hands-on. Uh, the only problem is that the knobs are absolute encoders. They're not endless encoders. And so what that means is that there is a fixed beginning and a fixed end. So if you switch from one bank to another, or you go from one virtual instrument to another, it's always going to be at that last state it was in. But these MIDI keyboards have what's called soft takeover. So if you move the knob in one virtual instrument, you have to bring it back to the value and then it will kick in. And, you know, so that's just kind of how soft takeover works because you have an absolute encoder, which has a fixed beginning and a fixed end. So if the M Audio Oxygen Pro had endless encoders, you'd get a phenomenal workflow. Now, another thing I want to quickly talk about in this episode is should you upgrade to Windows 11? All right. So how Windows usually works is some versions of Windows are really, really good. For example, like uh, Windows 98, I think was really, really good. Windows XP was good. Windows 7 was good. But then like uh, 
Windows Vista, I don't think did very well. Windows 8 did not um, receive good report, you know, with everybody. Windows 10, really, really good. I've really enjoyed my Windows 10 experience. When Windows 11 came out, it was kind of, again, like that Windows Vista, Windows 8. It doesn't seem people liked it as much. At the moment, I'm not hearing so much stuff, so maybe it's become more mature. But what I'm wanting to say is I've heard reports of Windows 12 being talked about to be released because that's sometimes what happens with these Windows versions is they release them, people don't like them, and then they all of a sudden release a new version pretty quick after. And so what happens is if you purchase a new computer and you upgrade to that version of Windows, it's like you have just put yourself into that ecosystem and then all of a sudden now they upgraded to a new version and it's like ah yes you're able to upgrade but the thing is it's always nice especially on a brand new computer that you are upgrading to a mature product or at least to a product that you know is going to be really good going in the future so just to give you guys perspective my computer is about i built it in 2016 or 2017 so if you know anything about computers, I have an Intel CPU. It is the i7-7700K, so it's a seventh generation. There is a student in the platform who upgraded to a 10th generation, and now it is on 13th generation. So I'm almost seven generations behind what's currently almost out right now. And what I want to say is my computer is still running super, super good. So don't feel that you have to upgrade because with computers, it's all about timing it. And what I mean is making sure that Windows is at a good state, making sure that your motherboard and CPU are at a good state, that you're not purchasing the very new features, that typically you want to be purchasing the mature features so that you know that it works. Because for me, when I purchase a computer for music production, it's not that I can't go and buy a computer. It's just that the time it takes to set up all the plugins, to set up all of my software for the courses and the training. Like I have it all set up like how I want, right? And yes, I can just clone a hard drive and bring it into a new system. But for me, I usually like to do a fresh install of Windows. And the reason is because when you install different software over time, a lot of stuff just gets left behind. And for me, it's just really nice to start fresh. I like to purchase all the custom parts, install Windows, load over all my files, and then it's just kind of like a fresh start. And that is usually what I like to do, okay? So that is it for this episode. So again, should you upgrade to FL Studio 21? If you want the latest features, yes. If you are experiencing bugs, make sure to report them. I have not upgraded yet just because I want my FL Studio to be very stable. So I'm currently on FL Studio 20.9.2. It gives me a phenomenal FL Studio experience because I really, really like using FL Studio. It allows me to use the M Audio Oxygen Pro really good. Uh, after this website revamp, which is very, very close to being done, and then when it goes live, I'll just have to make sure that there's no bugs and stuff. So that will probably be like a week of work, just pushing it live, making sure everything is good. Uh, and then we'll be getting back into courses. Again, I talked to you about the Serum course before. I have a list here of lessons I want to cover in the Serum course. I may also do a Silence One course and a Pigments course back to back to back. All right, so we'll get that done. And then we'll start moving forward with just kind of fun and fresh courses. So again, you guys can visit me over at itsgratuitous.com to join the beat making training platform. Again, it's based on FL Studio, but if you use another DAW, you will be able to follow along because my teaching style is all about kind of teaching you the fundamentals of music production. If you have FL Studio, you will by far get the best experience. But if you use another DAW, you will be able to follow along for the 
the most part in many of the courses, such as my piano lessons for producers, or even like how to make drum loops and stuff. Because as a music producer, it's all about knowing how things work and not having to rely on a piece of software to create what you want to create, if that makes sense. Because when it comes to music production, like, you know, if you learn about chords, well, you can apply that knowledge to any music program. If you want to make drum loops, you can apply that to any music program. However, there's some features in a music program that I like to take advantage of, right? So that's kind of like where uh, if you use FL Studio, you'll get the best experience. If you use another DAW, you might have to find an alternative way to do these things that I'm doing. All right, so thanks for listening. Again, visit me over at itsgratuitous.com. You guys can check out the link in the episode description. And I'll talk to you in the next one. <laughs>